Hi, I'm Ingrid Backer, and this is Hassle Talks. Welcome back. If you're a long-time listener, you'll be familiar with Hassle's annual Workplace Futures Survey. It's a survey that investigates the changes organisations are making, their impact, and where they might be headed next. Hassle first ran it in 2020, and every year since then we have taken the pulse of the workplace, with the number of office workers involved in the survey and locations growing each year. So far, our four surveys have quizzed over 9,000 office workers and created over 1.8 million data points. Data points that have informed, shaped and guided workplaces, designers and the experience of people around the world. Office workers in Australia, Singapore, the UK and US have been part of the study from 2020. And in 2022, we were able to include mainland China with Belgium, the Netherlands and Hong Kong added in 2023. This year's survey, Great Adaptations, is the largest survey we've run to date, with over 3,500 people surveyed this year. Its title reflects the adjustments workplaces are making and adaptations organisations are making around new work patterns. With me today is survey author, senior researcher, Daniel Davis. Hi, Daniel. Hey. Daniel, we've been doing the survey for four years now. It was first run in the thick of COVID. Before we talk about some of the results, what is really standing out to you now? What feels different? I think what's really different this year is that it's really in a moment of transition that in the previous years of the survey, people kind of in the thick of it, they're making changes on the fly. It was very like just in the moment. And I think what you're seeing now is that organizations are starting to take a breath a little bit look further ahead and are starting to make kind of lasting changes to the organization. I think at the same time, you're also seeing that work itself has changed really dramatically, but the office hasn't always kind of kept up with those changes. And so you're seeing this disconnect at the moment between maybe what people's experience of work is and what the workplace that they're going back to, uh, how that is structured. Yeah, super interesting. And how much universal alignment are you seeing between markets after years of Big differences. Yeah, so in the previous years, there were always a lot of variations, and that was driven largely by what was happening in each of their countries um, and so which countries were in the middle of the pandemic, which ones were locking down, which ones were opening back up. Um, this year, there's still a lot of diversity. We have a really diverse sample. You know, like China is very different from the United States. It's very different from Australia, um, Singapore. So there's a lot of variation in the countries. But I think one thing that really kind of comes through in all of that is that um, we're seeing this kind of convergence in terms of flexibility. That's a pretty universal trait in all of these different countries. And we're also seeing some similarities in the sort of amenities that people are wanting in their workplaces and the surrounding areas. We're also seeing some changes, I think, in the number of people that are returning back to work, um, pretty much increasing in all the markets that we're studying at the moment. And your results look at, you know, the big global trends, but also break it down into those markets, don't they? Which is particularly interesting for our clients in so many parts of the world. Yeah. So um, we have this big data set. It looks at things globally, but um, we also break it down by demographic factors, like people's ages, industries, and the countries that they're in. So we can look at all these kind of subgroupings of what's happening around the world. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, let's jump into some of these insights. So yeah, there were five things that we found in the survey, and today we'll just focus on three of them. 
The first one was that people are returning to the office, but that they're returning pretty slowly. So across all the markets that we study, the number of people in the office is increasing and the number of people that are um, working at home is decreasing. And there's a number of different reasons for this. You know, obviously the lockdowns have ended in all the places that we're studying. So that makes a big difference. We're seeing more organizations requiring employees to work from the office um, or encouraging them to work from the office. We're also seeing, I think, pretty interestingly, for the people that can choose where to work, more of those people that have the choice over where they work deciding to spend more time in the office. Um, and that's something that we haven't seen in the previous years of the survey. Yeah, I think that's the really interesting thing um, from my perspective. You know, that's great news that people are coming back into the office. Um, there seems to be kind of an upward trend, which is great, but definitely hybrid is here to stay. So I think we all need to um, really embrace that and make sure we understand how to make that work within our workplaces. But as you were saying, there seems to be quite a strong correlation between people's want to return to their um to their workplaces and their organization's flexible working policies. Can you talk a little bit more about that? The people in the survey, they have a range of different workplace policies. The ones that I think tend to be doing the best tend to have a flexible policy. So people want some autonomy over where they work. They want to be able to choose a place that works best for them. Uh, and increasingly those people that have a choice are choosing the office. But the only times that they're doing that is really when the office is working for them. So these offices that have good collaboration space, good space to do focused product productive work and good technology. It's kind of three things that are really key to that experience. And it sounds really basic, but many workplaces don't get that right. And so when those ingredients are in place, you see more people choosing, choosing to move back into the into the office. Yeah, great. And I know a lot of our clients are really focused on like at the precinct or the, you know, the development not just within the, the actual office workplace, but all of the amenity around um, people's office and, you know, what's happening in the precinct. Um, how important was that in the, in the findings around, around people sort of, you know, what, what they want when they come to work? Yeah, so we had a question this year, or a couple of questions this year in the survey, asking people both what they were doing before and after they came to work and then also what sort of amenities they wanted around their building. And I think there's two things that really stood out to me from that. One is that when people are coming into an office, they're not just going there to work. They're often linking that trip in with other things that they want to do or have to do. Um, so they might be visiting a grocery store. They might be going to a bar. They might be going to a gym. And so they're making that commute into the office worthwhile by linking it with things that they would have, trips they would have otherwise made anyway. Uh, the other thing that we saw in that data was that the amenities that people want, particularly around like office buildings, are pretty universal actually in all the markets that we studied. Grocery stores came out on top uh, and then retail and cafes and coffee um, is up there as well. Yeah, I'm super interested about the grocery store because I noticed that that was quite, you know, really at the top of every country's list almost apart from a couple. Um, and I think that's quite different to what we've seen in the previous survey. So why do you think that's really risen to the top this year? Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of concern at the moment around things like uh, the cost of living, inflation. And I think you're seeing that in the way that some people are prioritizing or making decisions at the moment. 
Um, so I think for the grocery store, you know, like part of its appeal is that you can go there and pick up a cheap lunch and go back to the office. I think also part of it's that you can pick up something fresh and head back home um, at the end of the day. So I think there's something there about the kind of cost of living that makes the grocery store an appealing amenity at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I've been talking to a lot of our clients and, and particularly the tenants are kind of saying, what's the one thing we can do that's going to you know, bring people back or what's the one thing we can do that's going to make our workplace amazing? It's, do, does the data give us that kind of insight? Yeah, so we really hope that we would get that kind of insight um, in the survey this year and we asked a lot of questions about changes that organisations were making to their workplaces in terms of like were they adding phone booths in, were they adding perks in, were they... Um, adding more wellness spaces, whatever it was. And we wanted to look at that and see whether that correlated with um, higher rates of return or more satisfaction with employees. When we really dug into the data, the thing that that stood out was how much the changes depended on the nature of the organization. So it wasn't one kind of universal change that every organization could make that would suddenly make the workplace attractive to their employees. It really depended a lot on the size of the company, the kind of management style and philosophy, uh, the location of the company globally, um, the industry that the company was in, and some of the cultural factors around that. And when you look at those kind of factors all together, you begin to get a sense of which um, changes make sense for a particular organization, but it's really not a one-size-fits-all magic bullet um, available right now. Yeah, and I think that makes sense given that every organisation is different anyway. Um, Given this was the first time that everyone we surveyed was out of lockdown, all the previous surveys, someone was in going into lockdown or coming out of lockdown, it kind of skewed the data probably a little bit, but this was the first year everyone was out of lockdown. Was there anything that surprised you in the data? So the thing that surprised me was you're never too sure when you run these surveys like where things are going to end up. Um, And I think particularly with the end of the lockdown, you weren't sure kind of how hard things were going to bounce back in different uh, regions. I think probably the thing that surprised me the most was just seeing how China was, um, how strong the return to office there was. Uh, When I talk to people there, it's almost like things are close to being back to normal there, which definitely isn't the experience of people in places like the UK or Europe or America. Um, so just seeing that strength of the return there um, really stood out to me, I think, as being an outlier in terms of that. So, Daniel, this is the fourth survey that we've run. We're definitely going to run another one next year. What do you think we'll see next year in the survey? What kind of, what kind of things might we expect? So in the survey this year, we saw this sort of gradual increase in the return to the office. I think that we're going to continue to see that year over year uh, for the next couple of years. Um, I'm not expecting things to bounce back to where they were. I think you'll still see this kind of continual focus on hybrid work and uh, employees wanting flexibility. I think there's also a whole bunch of kind of macro factors that are outside, that are hard to anticipate where they're going to go. Like I think how the economy goes in the next year is really going to drive a lot of this and um, might end up influencing a lot of what happens next year in terms of the return to work or where people are working. Yeah, great. 
I look forward to um, to next year's. But for this year's, where can people go to get the rest of the insights from your research? Probably the easiest place to get it is the Hassel website. Uh, we have a insight section there and uh, the white paper is available there uh, along with a blog post about it. And also um, if, if people want us to come and present the insights, we can also do that um, either via Teams or in person depending on location. So we're really open to people um, reaching out and, and if they want people within their organisation to, to hear about this, this great research, please just let us know. Well, thanks for your time today, Daniel. Um, I think it's you know it's so fascinating. I love I love reading the um, the insights as soon as they come out every year. I think a lot of our clients do as well. There's a lot of anticipation building around around what's next. So um, I think this is really really valuable insights into what people really want from their workplace. So. Um, you know, and obviously we want to thank our clients and our workplace collaborators who we have so many terrific conversations with about these insights and, and their observations from their organisations that kind of helps us to build the questions each year um, to really understand, you know, what, what is going on. I'm Ingrid Backer. I co-lead the workplace and commercial sector. And if you want to know more about this great research, as I said earlier, please reach out either send us an email to insight at hasselstudio.com um, and we'd be really happy to, um, to continue the conversation with you. This episode was produced by Prue Vincent.